Hey guys, welcome to episode 245 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. And Steph. And we have a fun episode coming up. Our main discussion is going to be all about the song Delicate. And if you guys didn't know, on our last episode, 244, we talked all about the Delicate music video because it was right after we watched it for basically the first time and we got to give our initial impressions. So if you missed out on that one, go back and listen to that. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And I've since watched the video so many more times, and I still love it. Absolutely. I think the more and more I watched it, the more and more I liked it. And it seemed to get positive reviews from media members and the general public of people who expressed that they really enjoyed Taylor being, you know, open and expressive and having a really good time in the video. Yes. And as we're recording... The video is already up to almost 70 million views, which is fantastic. I'm sure it will hit 100 million soon. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, and, and I think Taylor already has 20-some videos that are Vivo certified for over 100 million views. So I'm sure this will become Vivo certified. But I still have not heard the song on the radio yet. Have you? Yeah, I have a few times um, on a couple of different radio stations, so I was happy to hear that. Oh, good. There's nothing more exciting to me than hearing a new Taylor single on the radio. It's one thing to listen to it on the album or on your iPod or your phone or whatever, but to hear it on the radio is always just so much more exciting. Right, and because it gets so much exposure for the general public and the people who are more casual fans of Taylor or just casual fans of pop music. Because think about the huge number of people that listen to the radio that have not heard Reputation. So this is their first time hearing Delicate, and I'm sure they're liking it. Yeah, I think this song really will make people really interested in the album. If they don't already have it, I could see members of the general public thinking, oh, wow, I... I should really check this album out because this album is very diverse based on the singles that have been released so far. But I do know, I've read that the song is already being played a lot on the radio. That's why, I don't know why I haven't heard it yet, but it's already entering the countdown charts and everything. So it's very exciting. Hopefully it will have a big impact on radio. Good. Absolutely. Well, stay tuned for the main discussion. We will talk more about the song, Delicate. But for now, let's go into some news. There has been quite a bit since the last time uh, we talked to you guys. Yeah, after we recorded on the Delicate music video, Taylor posted some behind-the-scenes rehearsal footage from the music video, which was really cool. She lined it up with the scenes from the actual video. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on her Instagram account. She posted these videos. And for me, it really just showed how much work she had to put into preparing for filming the video. Right, because she, of course, did that whole dance herself. Uh, one thing I don't know if I'm 100% clear on is, did she choreograph the dance herself or did somebody else create it and then taught her and then she rehearsed it and did it for the video do you know that answer 
That I don't know. Although I feel like she usually works with a choreographer for dances. Yeah, I feel like that too. So it, it could have been, but uh, regardless, the uh, behind the scenes footage was really cool and it's fun to see her, you know, practicing and then what it ended up being in the actual video. Oh, yeah. Especially the split part. That was awesome. And it also makes me wonder if she'll use some of these dance moves for the performance of Delicate on tour. Yeah, that's a great question. I really don't know what to expect from the song Delicate on tour, whether it will be quieter and softer, maybe on the piano, or if it will be louder with a big bass, or what kind of dance or non-dance will it have? There's a lot of unanswered questions, that's for sure. Yeah, that's one of those songs I really don't know what she'll do with. I can't wait to see, though. And maybe she'll even do a split on stage for us. (laughs) Maybe. For some reason, I feel like it would fit in a similar style as Wildest Dreams was on the 1989 tour. Oh, okay. So you're thinking piano. Yeah, that was my initial thought. Do you think she'll mash it up with something? Like Wildest Dreams? Could you see that? Yeah, maybe. That would be a very good mashup, I think. Well, we're going to talk about it later, but definitely some parts of Delicate remind me of Wildest Dreams. So that would be pretty neat. I like that idea. Yeah. So for fans on the East Coast of the United States, uh, we have some awesome news. The... Grammy Museum Taylor Swift Experience is going to be at the Prudential Center from April 6th all the way through October 19th. So all summer long and into the fall, you will get a chance to go see that awesome, awesome exhibit. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm really excited about this. I haven't seen the Taylor Swift Experience yet. And of course, this is updated to include reputation era items so the taylor swift experience has been in la new york it was in mississippi so it's very exciting and the timing of it coincides with taylor's tour dates at metlife stadium so fans who go to those shows in new jersey could stop by to see the taylor swift experience Yeah, and the Prudential Center is in Newark, New Jersey, and so it is not too far from uh, New York. Yes. The the interesting thing, though, is the Prudential Center is an actual arena. Taylor performed at the Prudential Center, so I'll be interested to see how they have it set up, because the other Taylor Swift experience sets We're not at a venue like the Prudential Center. Okay, cool. That is an interesting uh, way to do it. It, Maybe it's just like inside the first set of doors and not all the way, you know, into the arena or something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure because they still have a lot of events going on. I think hockey games, basketball games, other concerts. Right. So I'd be interested to know if it's like you said, in a different area or along the concourse somehow. But there is an admission fee. It's only $10, so I think it's well worth the $10 if you'd like to go. Yeah, that sounds reasonable for sure. 
Well, in other exciting news, Taylor has earned three new certifications from the Recording Industry Association of America, RIAA. And these all happened on March 13th, which was just really exciting because it was the 13th. But the new certifications include Endgame, which is now gold, Call It What You Want, which is also now gold, and This Love, which is now platinum. Very cool. It's good to see a song from 1989 on there. Oh, yeah. Especially This Love wasn't even a single, as we know. So for it to go platinum is a great honor. So we mentioned in our last episode that some fans that had been purchasing merch from the store have gotten surprise snake pit upgrades when they receive their merch and that has continued to happen in the past two weeks or so Uh, i've seen on social media various fans get really really excited uh, when they receive their merch because they did not expect to be upgraded at all and they were and interestingly taylor has also been sending vip boxes and pit tickets to some well-known people, maybe even celebrities, if you will, um, including Perez Hilton and Wiz Khalifa's wife, Amber, and their son. Um, Obviously, Taylor is a big fan of Wiz Khalifa, and I thought that was really cool that she invited um, his wife, Amber, and their son to the show. Oh, yeah. Taylor's performance with Wiz Khalifa during the 1989 tour was always one of my favorites. They did See You Again. I felt like that performance by itself should have just won a Grammy, but I guess that's not possible. (laughs) That's not a category. (laughs) (laughs) No, we need to make it one for the Grammys. But yeah, that's really cool. I hope that they all go and we don't know what Taylor will do with special guests, but if she has them, I'd love to see her with Wiz Khalifa again. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. I feel like I don't know many of his songs. And obviously that song, See You Again, with Charlie Puth was like the hit of the summer that year. But yeah, I would definitely welcome back as a guest. And the VIP boxes are so cool. I didn't buy VIP for any shows, but I feel like I really want this box. They just look really awesome. Well, in other chart news, Reputation has now sold over 2 million copies in the United States alone, which means that it is the only album released in the last two years to sell over 2 million copies in the United States. The last album to do that was Adele's album, 25. And of course, 1989 also sold that many in the United States, but it's just really exciting to see reputation still doing so well and also just to keep in mind that is pure album sales actual physical copies right and only in the united states so it's way more throughout the whole world well for all of you who enjoy merch there is some new reputation stadium tour merch available now on the website um the taylor nation tweeted out last week that you can skip the long lines at the stadium and get yours now. And it's a, 
it's like a gray t-shirt um, that has the album cover on the front of the shirt and then on the back of the shirt on the side it has the word reputation going up and down in the reputation font which is pretty cool yeah and the front also says stadium tour which as we know taylor's never done just a pure stadium tour so that's also cool it doesn't have any of the dates or cities though and so i'm sure they'll have more merchandise available on tour i like to get the ones that have the dates and cities just for memorabilia yeah, I agree too. If I were to get one, I would want one that had uh, all the dates so that you could remember which ones you went to. And the t-shirt is selling on the website for $40, which I guess really when you go to tour and go to the stands, that's about what things cost these days. Yeah, it will be. Mm-hmm. But hey, if you order one online, maybe you'll get a snake pit upgrade. Yeah, that has to be what's going through the minds of some people who are buying them because you never know. Maybe you'll be the lucky one and you'll get to be in that exclusive snake pit, which I'm not planning to be as of now, but I really wish I would be. Oh, absolutely. On our last episode, we talked about how there was a delicate lithograph. And at the time we recorded, it was already completely sold out. And what ended up happening was they. Had, they let too many orders go through, and so they did a second edition of the lithograph. And the first batch was only 500 lithographs, but they went up to 2,000. So hopefully anyone who wanted one was able to get one. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. It's good in the sense that more people got to get access to it, but also if it was only that original 500, it's a little more exclusive, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, I I got an order in after we finished recording that night, but I got kicked to the the second edition. So Okay. My copy, which I still haven't actually received yet. I'm still waiting. Seems like it's taking a long time. Mine will be one of the the 2000 and not the first 500. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's still a really cool picture and it's, of course, the split that Taylor does on top of the car, which is my favorite part of the video. So hopefully everyone was able to get one. Well, our last piece of news is something that was in the news all over because it was huge. Taylor made a post on Instagram and she wrote in support of the March for Our Lives campaign. So she wrote, no one should have to go to school in fear of gun violence, or to a nightclub, or to a concert, or to a movie theater, or to their place of worship. I've made a donation to show my support for the students, for the March for Our Lives campaign, for everyone affected by these tragedies, and to support gun reform. I'm so moved by the Parkland High School students, faculty, by all the families and friends of victims who have spoken out, trying to prevent this from happening again. So this was big news because Taylor doesn't usually make political statements and really I don't know that making a statement about gun violence even can be qualified as political, but either way people latched onto it and it seemed like a big deal. But I'm just glad to see she's showing her support. I'm not surprised at all because 
anytime there's been a tragedy, she's always spoken out about it. So part of me is wondering why the news had to make such a big deal about it. But yeah, there's nothing we can do. The news does what it wants. And either way, it's just good to know Taylor is, of course, as always, using her money for good causes. But one thing that I did notice is that I would say 95% of the news articles that I saw, whether they be on TV or on the internet, were very complimentary towards Taylor for speaking up about this. True, yes. Which is definitely good. So yeah, while, you know, we've talked about before, we really don't think Taylor should or has the responsibility to make political statements or talk about elections or anything like that, um, which she has really stayed away from in the past. But like you said, this isn't necessarily a political statement. It's more of support for a cause that so many people in this country are supporting. And so for her to be a part of it makes perfect sense. And I applaud her for that. Yes, absolutely. It's exactly what I think. And the March for Our Lives took place on March 24th. And there were a lot of Taylor-inspired signs that I was seeing, people were posting. One was based on bad blood, band-aids don't fix bullet holes, you say thoughts and prayers just for show. When you lead like that, you lose our votes. And there were some look what you made us do signs. So it's always, anytime there are marches like that, you always see Taylor-inspired signs. I just always think it's cool to see the impact that her lyrics have on everyone. Definitely. It would have been cool if she could go out and support the cause like some celebrities did, Uh, but it would have just been too tough, I'm sure, because of the amount of people that would have, you know, mobbed her or, you know, mm-hmm. tried to take pictures or whatever. Um, I saw that Selena Gomez did get out um, and ho- hopefully she was able to kind of stay low key and not be bothered too much. But but regardless, Taylor said in her post she made a donation and she is part of the movement. So that's the best thing. Definitely. And that's all we have for the news for today. We do want to do a quick fashion update because we do have a little bit of info about a couple of things from the Delicate music video. Yes. So one of the cool things about the Delicate music video is Taylor only wore one outfit throughout the whole video. And I love the whole outfit, but... Since we're talking about Delicate, we thought we'd give you the update on her outfit for the video. The dress that she wore is the Naeem Khan cap sleeve dress with fringe, which is $3,495. So quite expensive, but really awesome. For shoes, Taylor wore the Christian Louboutin Keo Pump Pump which is $1,195. And the close-up view of the shoes is really cool because they have a lot of jewels on the front that you can see in the video, but I like the up-close view through the Christian Louboutin's website. And for earrings, Taylor was wearing Annabella Chan Sapphire Twinkle Ear Jacket earrings 
which are 610 pounds, but they were blue, which you probably were able to see in the music video, so they complemented the dress very well. Yeah, it was a cool outfit, and certainly, as we just heard, not a cheap outfit. So one thing I'm wondering about is, does the actual dress, if you go and buy it, have like a tearaway part like she did, you know, towards the beginning when she tore the bottom off and started dancing? That's such a good question, because the photo from the runway shows the short version without the long part that Taylor tore away. So I wonder if someone specially made the rest of it for her to tear off. Yeah, could have been. We all know she always has lots of things that are custom made for her. And you have to also hope that maybe during tour, even if not for this song, that she'll have some kind of tearaway surprise outfit change. Yes, definitely. And that's all for fashion. As always, thank you to TaySwiftStyle.com. And we will be right back with our main discussion. So for our main discussion today, we're going to talk a little bit about the song Delicate. And as I mentioned before, if you want to hear more about the video, listen to our last episode, episode 244. And also, there was a Making of the Song series episode on DirecTV Now for this song. And we did talk about that back on episode 236. So you can check that one out as well. I did go back, though, and watch the Making of again. And I have to say, I just love it so much. It shows Taylor just working out the lyrics in her head. And you can just see, she's not even writing anything down. She's just figuring it out. And that moment when she figures out exactly what she wants to say, and you get to see the look on her face and how excited she gets. It's definitely one of my favorite videos from the Making Of series. Yes, and it's either uh, Max Martin or Shellback uh, who asks in the background, like, did you get it or did you record it? And Taylor points at the camera and then he like leans in and looks and Taylor's all excited that, yes, the camera was rolling, so they got it. Yes, I love that. If you haven't seen that, you can even watch that video on YouTube. Just Google making of delicate and it will come right up. Yes. But as Adam said... Delicate was written by Taylor, Max Martin, and Johan Schellback, and it was produced by Max Martin and Johan Schellback, and so you'll see them in the video working with Taylor on the song. So obviously we know that Delicate is an awesome song, and just wanted to give you a little brief snippet of what some critics thought about the song. So Jeff Nelson of Consequence of Sound coined the track as one of Reputation's strongest moments, along with Gorgeous and Call It What You Want. Zach Schoenfeld of Newsweek called it the album's first real moment of vulnerability and that it succeeds by peeling back all the bravado and EDM aggression of the opening tracks. That's a good point that I feel like I don't think about very often. The first four songs are so like loud and boisterous and then you get to track five and it does a complete 180 yeah you're right it's kind of like a turning point and kind of like he says peeling back 
I like that phrase there. Yeah, definitely. And in, in another positive review, Rosen O'Connor of The Independent stated that Taylor Swift produced some of her most honest and direct songwriting to date, and that Delicate was one of the best examples of that. And then finally, Rob Sheffield, who has been a guest here on SwiftCast before, he is from Rolling Stone. He named it the number one song of 2017, and Delicate was also included in Vanity Fair's The 17 Best Pop Songs of 2017. And Vanity Fair wrote that even at her most publicly beset, Taylor Swift possesses a secret weapon that separates her from the competition. Truly unimpeachable songcraft. Oh, I love that. It's so great. Especially to have Vanity Fair and Rolling Stone naming it as one of the best songs of 2017 when it wasn't even a single. It wasn't even released as part of the album until pretty much mid-November of 2017. So I just remember being really struck by that. And I think the first time I ever listened to Reputation, and even subsequent times after, I never expected Delicate to be named a single. And I have to wonder if all of the positive reviews and having it be named for Rolling Stone as the number one song of 2017, and of course its inclusion in Vanity Fair's 17 Best Pop Songs of 2017, it makes me wonder if that influenced Taylor and made her decide to release it as a single. Yeah, that's a really good question and something that maybe somebody will ask Taylor someday, but do you think she has all the singles lined up from from the moment the album is complete saying, you know, on at this month we're going to do this song and then a few months later we're going to do this song? Or conversely, like you just said, maybe she leaves it open based upon fan feedback. Yeah, I feel like she probably has an idea, but she probably has to leave some flexibility. Especially when the album is released and you see how the songs chart on iTunes and even now Spotify, how they're being streamed. It has to have some kind of impact and influence her decision on what to make a single. Right. But I do wonder if she moved up Delicate or maybe she never expected it to be a single at all. I just remember on one of our earlier episodes, we all across the board thought I did something bad would be the next single and we were all wrong. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I still think I did something bad should be a single. And like we said on our last episode, this is only the fourth single, so I'm sure there will be more. But this one was kind of a dark horse for me, so I'm really interested to see what else she'll release as a single. I'm glad, though, because it has such good reviews, and like we've said so many times, it shows a different side of Taylor, and I think the general public will see this different side, and if they don't already have the album, I think it would influence people to buy the album. So as we know, Taylor has not done media interviews. She hasn't really talked at all about the album or songs outside of the secret sessions that she did. Of course, we know the phrase, there will be no explanation, only reputation. But if you do remember, right 
when the album was released, iHeart radio stations across the country did play some clips from the secret session that were recorded. And so we did get to hear Taylor talk a little bit about Delicate. So here is that clip. So next we have track five. Yeah. I didn't even do it on purpose, but when I, when I put out the track list, and when I, when I finally like was like, oh, this is the final track list, I was like, oh, I did it again. I did it again. Track five is kind of a legendary, not, not legendary, that's ridiculous. Yes. Amongst us, amongst us. Like, oh, I know I'm gonna like track five. Like, track five's the emotional vulnerable song. Um, anyway, so this is a song called Delicate. There's like an effect that you may hear on the vocals throughout the rest of the album that is recurring and it's a vocoder. And um, what is that you say? It's, it's, um, it's a vocal effect where you sing and the vocoder splits your voice into chords and you can play your chords on a, your voice on a keyboard in chords. So be, basically if you're like singing the notes of a piano and you could play your own voice. So that's what you'll hear in the beginning and throughout this song and then you'll hear it several times. We, we tried it in the studio and I thought it sounded really emotional and really vulnerable and really kind of like sad but beautiful. This is a song that like the idea of your reputation is, um, is definitely something that I play on for the entire album but when the album starts off it's much more bombastic. It's more like oh, I don't care about what you say about me, I don't care what you say about my reputation, it doesn't matter, blah. Like, but, but like, then it hits this point on track five where it's like, oh God, what happens when you meet somebody that you really want in your life and then you start worrying about what they've heard before they met you? And you start to wonder, like, could something fake, like your reputation, affect something real, like somebody getting to know you? and you start to wonder um, how much does all that matter? And this is the first point of vulnerability in the record where you're like, oh, maybe this does actually matter a little bit. Um, and how does that factor in? Kind of questioning the reality and the perception of a reputation and what that actually, how much weight it actually has. So this is called Delicate. So that's cool to hear because I don't know a whole lot about music. I think I've heard the term vocoder before and how that unique sound that you hear in Delicate is a vocoder. So it was cool to hear it from straight from her mouth there. Well, yeah. And then later in the Making Of series, we actually were able to see them with that keyboard doing that and making that vocal effect. Like she said, at that moment when they tried it on the keyboard, she thought it made the song sound more emotional and vulnerable. So that was cool. And she even, the quote about how she says when the album starts off, it's much more bombastic. And that's exactly what a lot of the reviewers that we read earlier were saying. It's how vulnerable this song is and how it, it peels back the bravado of the opening tracks. So I think Taylor definitely achieved her goal there because the reviewers thought the same thing. It's funny how this fandom always talks about track five and the significance of track five. And with reputation, that is certainly the case again, huh? Oh, yeah. I 
remember when people were coming out of the secret sessions, everybody was talking about track five. And of course, as the fandom, we know the significance of track five. So it was one of the songs I was really looking forward to hearing. And of course, it didn't let me down. I'm sure it didn't let anyone down. And doesn't that clip make you miss Taylor doing interviews? It certainly does for me. Oh, yeah. I love hearing her talk about how she comes up with these ideas and how the songs come together. But I am glad that we at least have these little snippets from the iHeart session. So getting a little bit more into the actual song, Delicate, and the lyrics... I think a, a pretty easy way to put it, and you can tell me if this sounds pretty pretty good stuff, is that the song is basically about finding somebody who cares about you for you, not for what the world thinks about you. Absolutely. I love that, just as a tying up theme of the song. And I think that the video really demonstrates that because it shows that because she has someone who likes her for her, she can just be herself and she's somehow completely invisible to everybody else. And right off the bat, um, the second line is, my reputation's never been worse. And we've talked about before, reputation comes up quite a lot in the lyrics of many songs on this album and it, it plays a big role in this song of course because we all know Taylor's reputation went through a, a real rough patch there but obviously in this song that's not dragging her down and she's happy to have found somebody who doesn't care about that cares only for her although I have to say this line struck me the first time I've heard it and even listening to it now hundreds of times, I feel like Taylor kind of misperceived how bad her reputation is. I really don't think, I, I get that she struggled and, and she dealt with some bad publicity between 1989 and reputation, but I don't know. I don't think it was really that bad. So when I first heard this song, just with, the my reputation's never been worse is repeated throughout the song and it just made me think that maybe she's misperceiving it a little bit i really don't think that she had that many missteps to make her reputation be completely tanked you know what i mean yeah and i also know that we don't know exactly what she's thinking of we don't know which specific instance i don't think we know specifically when this song was written uh, or and or recorded so could this be referring to the summer of 2016 with the whole kim kardashian thing uh could it be related to all the articles that were written about her so-called squad um yeah we really don't know but it sounds like based upon this song in her head her reputation wasn't doing so hot Right, I just wish I could tell her. Because I feel like she's probably worried about it, you know, like like you said, we don't know when this was written or when it was recorded, but I just I don't want her to be so hard on herself. Mm-hmm. 
So that was something that just really struck me when I first heard it, and even now, listening to it. But I do like the theme that, because the next line is, you must like me for me. And I like that idea, which is, like we said, really a central theme of the song. It's finding someone who just likes you for you. Yes, definitely. So looking at the first verse, um, I like, I just really like the the words in this song. Uh, some of them in the first verse include dive bar on the east side, where you at, phone lights up my nightstand in the black, come here, you can meet me in the back. And that just makes me think of New York, especially because of the line dive bar on the east side. Would you agree that that's what she was going for there? Yeah, that was always my first impression. And on the last episode when we talked about the video, I mentioned the subway scene reminds me of New York. We found out, though, that the video was actually shot in L.A. But this song, to me, just reminds me of New York. I think so, too, for sure. And in this part, too, I like the, the way Taylor refers to colors. But colors seems like a big theme of this album as well. She's talking about blue Nikes and dark jeans. And like we said on the last episode, a fan who is really, really smart said Taylor was wearing a blue dress in the video because she had not yet been painted golden. Right. Which, of course, is a reference to Dancing With Our Hands Tied. So that is just brilliant to me. But colors is something that is used throughout this whole album and so i like that she made that part of this song as well and it really just for me just conjures up all these images in my head this song feels more like a story you can see it unraveling in your head how each scene goes Yes, and I think a lot of people thought that the music video would be very much story-centric, and it wasn't, but it's okay. You still have the story being told through the lyrics. Exactly, yes. So when you get into the chorus, what do you make of the lines, Is it cool that I said all that? Is it chill that you're in my head? Because I know that it's delicate. I just don't know if I know exactly what she means there is it cool that i said all that is it chill that you're in my head do you have any thoughts for me it just reminds me of the very beginning of a new relationship and she's just so into the person and maybe is moving somewhat faster with saying things and this person's in her head all the time and the the reason why it's delicate is because it's a new relationship. What did you think? Yeah, I I really didn't have much of a thought and and that makes sense to me. And I think it would be delicate because of how famous she is and how tough that must be on somebody that, you know, she gets to know well because of the fact that she's so famous. Right. And I think The whole reputation theme also relates to why it's delicate. Because she's so famous, her reputation's attached, which makes it even more delicate as a new relationship than it would for an ordinary person. 
One thing that I thought, I kind of thought that is it chill? I thought that phrase was a little, I didn't know that people still use that. I felt like years ago people used that more often than they do today. I don't know. Yeah, I would agree with you. Okay, all right. I I don't really associate with a lot of very young people, so I don't know if young kids are still talking about things being chill. (laughs) Uh, I know it reminded me of 1989. When 1989 was released, Taylor was always saying she could not find her chill. So that was 2014. And again, like, we don't know when this was written. So that the use of that word just made me wonder even more when this actually was written. And I think another word that could have been used instead of chill is cool. And the line would have become, is it cool that you're in my head? But she used the the word cool in the line before. So I don't think she would want to repeat it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, she's not really one to repeat things. But it was just something that struck me probably the first few times I heard it. Right. It makes me wonder even more when it was written. We might never know. But I think the rest of it, when she says, is it too soon to do this yet, also harkens back to the the theme of the beginning stages of a new relationship where she kind of wants to jump in, but also doesn't want to mess things up. And that's why she uses that line, is it too soon to do this yet? And of course, then it goes into the isn't it, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it. And there's just that repetitive isn't it is huge. It seems like what everyone latched onto on this song. Yeah, definitely. And it kind of relates to, or it makes me think of at least, the repetition of Out of the Woods back from 1989. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't think of that. I love that. So moving on to the second verse, you get a lot more imagery in some of these lines, including third floor on the west side, me and you, handsome, you're a mansion with a view, and also echoes of your footsteps on the stairs. Those are just some of my favorite lines because of how vivid the imagery is. Oh, yeah. And some of these lines remind me of other songs. Long Night with Your Hands Up in My Hair. That reminds me of Wildest Dreams. The hair part, of course. Because Wildest Dreams has the line, His hands are in my hair. So it just, it kind of reminded me of it. And that's why, like I said earlier, I feel like it could be a really good mashup with those two songs. Yeah, definitely. Now I definitely see it even more so. And then like footsteps and stairs, those words remind me of Sparks Fly and Dear John. But like Adam said, I really just like the imagery of this. And then I think my favorite part of the song is actually the bridge. And the bridge in this song is very short. It's it's not long. It's only four lines. But it is the part that says, sometimes I wonder when you sleep, are you ever dreaming of me? Sometimes when I look into your eyes, I pretend you're mine all the damn time. Which is exactly what we get to see in the making of video. And you get to see when Taylor 
comes up with everything and it all ties together and she's got it down. So I agree with you. That's one of my favorite parts too. Every time I hear it, I think about how happy Taylor was when she realized this was it. This was how it was going to be. And it was perfect. Right. And she had a little trouble figuring out exactly what lyrics to do there and how to to word what she was feeling uh, in the correct way so that it you know, fit correctly with the the amount of time, the amount of uh, words or syllables that are needed. So like we said, we wish we could just watch, you know, an hour long episode of the making of every song. Absolutely. And the finished version of this bridge, just the way the tonality of the bridge and kind of the pauses between each line, it just... It really hits you. Yeah, and not even between each line, but even between each word or within a word. Because the way the first line goes, it's like, sometimes I wonder when you sleep. Like, it's very drawn out. Exactly. I love that. And even the music around it, it just makes it stick out so much from the rest of the song. And then it takes you back in to the, because I like you. I love that. Mm-hmm. See, even just doing a little small analysis on this song like we are now makes me appreciate the song even more. Right, because I love hearing what other people think about the song. And I think upon, upon my very, very first listen to Reputation, this wasn't among one of my favorites, but it has definitely moved up the rankings list and it is way up near the top now. You know, I'd have to agree. And part of it might have been my expectations were so high because people who attended the secret sessions were raving about track five and it's track five. You always have really high expectations for track five. And I think the first time I listened to it, I think my expectations were maybe too high. And I just, I don't know. I think I needed to listen to it more to really get the song. Yeah, I agree definitely on the same page but i'm really happy that it's a single i think i can only hope that people will appreciate it for what it is yeah hopefully it gets some you know rave reviews from the general public and continues to climb up the charts and as we'll talk about when we do our tour prediction episode can't wait to see what happens with it on tour i'm Pretty pretty sure that we will see it on tour because it's a single, so that's a good yeah. thing. <laughs> yes, one of my favorite parts of the tour predictions is when we have to figure out which songs won't be included, but I think it's safe to say this will be included. Yes. And this one, like we said earlier, I really don't know what she's going to do with this. I can't wait to see how she performs it on tour. Well, we are just about into April, and we are about six weeks away now from the tour, which is just crazy, because remember, it used to be like almost six months, and now it's down to six weeks. Right. And even when 1989 finished, and we had no idea when we would ever see Taylor on tour again, the thought that we're this close is so exciting. 
Well, thank you guys for listening. If you wanted to reach out to us on social media, we are SwiftCast13 on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you would like to email us, you can email us at SwiftCast13show at gmail.com. Yeah, tell us what you think about Delicate, the song, the music video. We love hearing from everyone, and everybody just has so many different interpretations of Taylor's songs, which is what makes her the best songwriter. So we'd love to hear from you, and we can't wait to see what happens with tour and everything else with this song. Well, until next time, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you again on our next episode. For episode 245, this has been Adam. And Steph. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.